Throughout my primary school years at Parramatta, the messages I must have learned at home were reinforced, however. Girls did some things, boys did others. Boys were allowed to be rough with each other, bull rush, rugby, or just wrestling in the playground, but not with girls. Girls had cooking lessons. We went to woodwork and metalwork at an adjacent school. And, greatest difference of all, learned by observation and anticipation, girls eventually became mothers who stayed at home to look after their husband and children. Boys became fathers who drove the car, went out to work, visited the pub or the club, sometimes on the way home, and worked in the garden at weekends. These were things we saw at home. Everything that was said at school indicated that they were no more than God's will and the natural order of things. Weren't the Holy Family an example? Joseph working as a carpenter, Mary as homemaker, and Jesus following in Joseph's footsteps for the first thirty years of his life. Our home life was close and harmonious. My mother was a full-time mother. She fed us, she clothed us, she played with us, she gave us kisses and cuddles. She directed her attention to resolving conflict rather than worrying about it. She was at home when, breakfasted and carrying our lunch and play lunch, we left to walk to school. She was there when we returned in the afternoon. Sometimes in summer, she would pick us up from school and take us for a swim on Plymouthon Beach. While we were at school, she washed the dishes and clothes, ironed, vacuumed floors, planned meals, bought food, and occasionally played canasta with other housebound women in our street. The men's routine was very different, but just as universal in our neighbourhood. My father left for work in the city long before we set out for school. He faced a half-hour train trip or a longer car ride. He worked all day in an office doing things I didn't understand, but which made money and paid the bills. The only specific indication I had of some of the requirements of his career was the fact that we always ate wheat bix and filled the car with Europa petrol because the companies that produced these products were his clients. My father usually came home from work at about 6pm. We knew when his appearance was imminent because my mother helped us tidy away our toys, drawings, comics and books. There was to be no mess when he walked through the door. We also had to be quieter, my mother said, because he would be tired after a hard day at the office. Coming through the door, my father would kiss my mother, kiss us, pour them a drink, and they would talk about their respective days, though my father really discussed work. Then my mother served dinner. Sometimes, though, especially on Friday nights, my father came home later, after we had eaten, and on these occasions he was more gregarious than he was on other nights. Occasionally this seemed to please my mother, who joined in whatever impromptu fun developed, showing 8mm cartoons from Kodak, drawing pictures for us, playing skittles, or pretending to be the gilly-gilly man who had amused New Zealand troops and sailors with sleight of hand in Arab ports during the war. At other such times, my mother seemed constrained, and we were put to bed early. Some of my mother's quiet times were those when my father brought other people home late with him. These late-night uncles always seemed to have had more to drink than my father. They were louder and more demonstrative. This, too, did not please my mother. One such visitor was Dennis Glover, who worked for a time at my father's advertising agency and whose voice sounded, in Brian Bell's phrase, like an Oxford-trained circular saw. One morning after Dennis had stayed overnight in the spare room, my mother sent me in with a cup of tea to wake him. I was surprised to find that the picture of the Sacred Heart, which normally hung on the bedroom wall, was face down on the carpet. Did the picture fall down, Mr Glover? 
I asked politely. What? said Dennis, puckering his face into an estimation of the extent of the previous evening's damage. Then he exploded with relief. Oh no, he said. I put it there. I felt bad enough as it was without having bleeding Jesus reproach me. Midweek, my father had quite different reasons for sometimes arriving home late. His work for voluntary organisations was extensive and something which, as a result of his example, I regarded as a natural thing for men to do. He viewed the obligation of community service as self-evident. Where you take something out, you must always put something back. Hence he devoted much of what would otherwise have been free time over the years to bodies concerned with the welfare of servicemen and former servicemen, as he did later to organisations such as the Cancer Society, the Navy League and the Duke of Edinburgh Award Scheme. It was because of his example that I felt a similar sense of obligation to become...